You're with Julian on the brown note. Approaching the end of the year and operating on no sleep. I don't know why, but yeah, so I'm probably not looking the best. And my brain function is low. Uh, the untouchables, uh, Gladys Berejiklian and Scott Morrison, are wonderful leaders who have had a brilliant year and are incredibly high up in the polls with the general public. Now, something's not right with this picture. If we had a functioning media in Australia, this would not be the state of things. And that's the only thing other than completely blind Stockholm syndrome from a large section of the Australian public, because nothing is fine here. The federal government of Scott Morrison and the state government of Gladys Berejiklian have gone through so many scandals, any one of which would have accounted for an entire Labour government, that it is almost mind-blowing. And no one has really lost their job. No one has really been moved, apart from Barnaby. Um, so I thought we'd go through these brilliant years that have seen both Gladys and ScoMo so high in the polls and seemingly having great years. Um, where should we start? We'll start with ScoMo. These are some of the scandals that have been attributable to his government in recent memory. Uh, Liberal candidates Gladys Liu, who has another massive scandal, uh, and Josh Frydenberg both have Mandarin signs at polling booths in the colours of the Australian Electoral Commission at the last election, without mentioning that they're Liberals, telling Chinese citizens how to vote. We are in the depths of the China crisis with Scott Morrison. He goes to the public of Australia patriotically bashing China and then courts conservative Chinese voters behind their back. So he's presenting one face to the Australian public who aren't Chinese in origin and a completely different face to the Chinese voters who he regards as being a conservative base. Uh, the Liberal officials uh, were admitted in court that the signs were divine, designed to convey the appearance of official electoral material at the last election. Angus Taylor writes a public letter published in the Daily Telegraph to the Sydney Mayor Clovermore criticising her for millions of dollars in domestic travel. The document he quoted was a forgery. The police were involved. Taylor refuses to disclose where he got the fake document and refuses all freedom of information requests. Our freedom of information requests in Australia are some of the worst in the developed world. Dussengate, fake how to vote cards were handed out in Peter Dutton's seat of Dixon, designed to trick Greens voters into voting for Peter Dutton. Philippines Gate, George Christensen charges taxpayers for domestic flights and concar trips that were part of his trips to a known red light district in the Philippines. When he's caught, he simply pays back the $2,100 without consequence. Barnaby Joyce runs up a bill of $675,000 in nine months in his role as Special Drought Envoy. When asked what he did in the role, Joyce exclaimed that he sent his report in the form of text messages. Uh, when the Guardian submitted a Freedom of Information request for these texts, it was rejected, as Scott Morrison was too busy to retrieve them. $675,000 for your reports in text messages, which you won't then provide. The coalition granted $444 million to a little-known organisation called the Great Barrier Reef Foundation. 
The process involved no public tender, no transparency, and the organisation was later to have found had a business partnership with BHP in Rio Tinto, and they didn't even have an office. Uh, the coalition awarded a $423 million contract to run Manus Island Detention Centre facilities to a tiny, almost unknown company called Paladin as part of the limited tender process. This is the one without an office. I got tripped up by their 400 million rorts because there are so many. The company's head office was a small shack on Kangaroo Island and the family members of the PNG Parliament were found to be directly profiting. Uh, Hello World Travel Agency paid for Finance Minister Matthias Cormann's family holiday to Singapore within two weeks of the coalition awarding Hello World a government contract worth over $1 billion. Cormann claims he didn't notice his holiday had been for free. On two separate occasions, Peter Dutton personally intervened to have European au pairs allowed into the country after being refused by Border Force. Barnaby Joyce's mistress, Vicky Campion, was forced to leave her role as his staffer when rumours of their affair started causing tension with colleagues. As a result, she was given a plum $190,000 a year job with good friend Senator Matt Carnarvon. Despite parliamentary rules prohibiting jobs for partners, the job didn't exist before she took it and it didn't go out to tender. And we also have Alan Tudge caught up in a Four Corners TV expose or having an affair with a staffer whilst married, that a staffer is currently suing the Liberal government for having her career ended. And we also have lots of lots of juicy affair gossip about Christian Porter currently destroying the family court. The coalition granted $30 million to Rupert Murdoch's Foxtel, ostensibly to assist with sports coverage, while simultaneously slashing the ABC's funding. There was no public release of any conditions or oversight regarding the funding. News Corp, the largest newspaper owner in Australia and owners of Foxtel, vigorously, vigorously and unapologetically proceeds to support the coalition whilst attacking Labour. The coalition granted $200,000 again to Foxtel station Sky News to fund a new show featuring future Liberal candidate Warren Mundine, taking the money out of Indigenous advancement. Assistant Treasurer Stuart Robert charged taxpayers two grand a month for home internet, $2,000 for your home internet a month, and was forced to repay $38,000, and nothing else happened. The coalition awarded the Chinese company a 99-year lease on Darwin Port. A year later, Andrew Robb, the Trade Minister, leaves the government to assume an 880,000 job as consulate with the same Chinese company. Good example of how Scott Morrison bashes the Chinese in public, but when it comes to business and votes, he does the opposite behind closed doors. Barnaby Joyce approved a dodgy $80 million water buyback from a property owned by a Cayman Island-based company that Energy Minister Angus Taylor used to be the director of and his college friend now runs. Uh, when Twitter users began to discuss his lawyers sent letters threatening them with legal action. A property owned by Energy Minister Angus Taylor's brother was allegedly alleged to have legally burned 30 hectares of native grassland. Uh, Angus Taylor intervened to stop anything happening about it. Over $100 million in grants to sporting clubs were handed out according to a colour-coded spreadsheet of marginal seats uh, in potentially winnable electorates at the last election. The government overruled the recommendation of the Sports Commission 300 times, instead giving photo ops to Liberal national candidates 
just before the election in marginal seats. Uh, and in 2016, Scott Morrison personally set up RoboDebt, an automated debt recovery service, uh, which has tormented poor people for years by dragging money out of their bank accounts. Um, it, over 2,000 Australians died after receiving RoboDebt notices. Now, it is not recorded how they died, but it is inferred that 2,000 Australians committed suicide by receiving after they received robo-debt notices saying that they owed the government money. This year, the robo-debt scheme was found to be completely illegal. So the government instigated a scheme which was found to be illegal, which caused probably 2,000-plus people to commit suicide, and they have now paid back $1.2 billion. No one has paid anything personally. They all still have their jobs. They all still have their pay. Morrison handpicked a gas company chairman to run a COVID commission to plan Australia's post-COVID economy. He was paid half a million dollars for six months' work. He eventually recommends taxpayers underwrite a gas-led recovery. Who would have doubt that? The shares for the company he works for rise 8%. Hope he used his half a million to buy his own shares. When Foxtel missed out on a $100 million pandemic rescue package, News Corp execs wrote directly to coalition ministers to complain and immediately received $17.5 million in tax grants when the ABC requested copies of the communication under freedom of information the government refused, stating it would damage the relationship between the sports minister and the PM. Uh, what? Uh, as the government was deciding whether or not to bail out Virgin Airlines, MP Dave Sharma purchased shares in Virgin's biggest competitor, Qantas. Months later, just before Scott Morrison announcement, uh, announced an agreement with CSL to make millions of doses of COVID vaccine, Sharma just happened to have bought shares in CSL. Matthias Coleman quits the coalition with aspirations to become the OECD Secretary General Taxpayers fund his $4,300 an hour private jet to fly him around with eight full-time government employees being paid by the taxpayers so he can take up a job outside of government. For the second year in a row, Scott Morrison, Josh Frydenberg and Peter Dutton fly in a private jet from Canberra to Sydney to attend Lachlan Murdoch's Christmas dinner. Isn't that wonderful? It's an almost unimaginable litany. And Gladys is no angel either. Gladys has been up to her neck in scandals. The most notorious, Daryl Maguire. Uh, it's been another remarkable day for the Independent Commission Against Corruption in New South Wales. The Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, has revealed she was in a close, close personal relationship with the disgraced former Wagger MP, Daryl Maguire. Uh, the secret relationship cast new light on a scandal that's been years in the making. Maguire resigned in 2018 and is now the centre of an ICAC investigation in examining his use of public office to help the developer and racing heir Louise Waterhouse sell her land near Sydney Airport. His efforts could have earned him $690,000 had it gone through and then it was revealed that Gladys Berejiklian was being texted back and forth and involved and recorded in phone conversations where he's mentioning how much money he's going to make out of business deals. That should have sunk any politician, didn't touch her. And also, Gladys Berejiklian has defended pork barrelling, i.e. using taxpayers' money to fund election results. So you give money to seats that you want to win 
which is, should be completely illegal. She defended it. So she's been under pressure to explain the handling of $252 million worth of Stronger Communities Fund uh, since opposition analysis found 95% of the funds went to projects in coalition-held seats on the eve of the 2019 state election. She then came out and defended the practice of using $252 million of public money to pork barrel election wins for yourself. The term pork barreling is common parlance. It's not something I know the community is comfortable with, she said, and if that's the accusation made on this occasion, given the number of seats or places this funding went to, then I'm happy to accept that commentary. She admitted to $252 million of taxpayers' money going on pork barrelling to win Labour seats in the 2019 election. Scott Morrison has something like $300 million worth of sports rorts going to his seats for the federal election. These people are on top of the world. They are very popular with the public and very popular with the media. Gladys still has no stain on her, despite a scandal alone with an affair that would have brought down the entire UK government. Well, maybe not with Boris in charge, because he's had so many affairs, he's probably given up counting. ScoMo and Gladys should be history years ago for their scandals, and nothing has touched them. Something is wrong with this picture, Australia. And it, the only thing I can think of is the media. And the most damning thing of all is that when we let these scum get away with these scandals, they just keep doing it. Because there's no retribution. There's no punishment. There's no justice. No one has lost their jobs. No one has been demoted even apart from Barnaby's about it. And poor old Daryl got the boot because he was literally caught red-handed. Um... It's just astonishing what we allow in this country and what we regard as being these politicians should be hounded every day by the press. They get away with murder because our press loves the Liberal Party and never holds them to account other than posting a cursory story, never following it up, never giving them the hard yards. We have a completely biased, complacent and completely boot-licking, boot backside-licking media in Australia. And it's led to us having these terrible governments that are rated as great by the people and rated as great by the press. And I'm bloody disgusted.